0: Baylor's next offensive coordinator is a Texas football legend. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining another episode of Locked on Baylor, your team, and making it your first listen every single day. We're the only ones bringing you a daily Baylor Athletics exclusive podcast that isn't actually coming from Baylor. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. And of course, we're going over the big topics of Baylor football or Baylor athletics, I should say, today. First one being, football team got seven honorable mentions on the All Big 12 team. Well, that's great because that means they must have got four or five players. Well, Seven honorable mentions is just a fancy way of saying they were the only, the only school in the Big 12 with zero all-conference selections. Not one. Not one player on their team was the top two at their position in this conference. It's not an easy thing to do, sure, but 13 of the 14 teams were able to do it. 12 of them... Had a player on the first team, 12. Baylor was the only team that didn't appear on the list. That's bad. It shows a lack of talent, which is not on the players, to be honest with you. That's on the coach. That's on the coaching staff that can't identify talent or can't develop talent or both. Or aren't using the right talent. No guys. Unbelievable. Inexplicable. Disgusting. Crying. Throwing up. All of that. Or maybe you're checking in because you remember that Baylor basketball win over Nichols, right? Nichols. Two nights ago, men are in the top 10. Women are going to be in the top 10 pretty soon. Would love to give a little shout out to them because this week is, or has been, it will be, all about football. So, congrats to Scott Drew and the guys. Those are both these teams are really fun to watch, but especially the men's team because their quality is, is just unbelievable. Um, That's a really fun team to watch, man. It's it's like the pleasure that Peter Gabriel got on Salisbury Hill after watching this football season to watch Baylor men's basketball. So it's a ton of fun. But we are talking football today. Because as I record right now, on Wednesday, November 29th, Baylor football still does not have an offensive coordinator. And we talked about it in the show yesterday. Three candidates for you. If you missed it, hey, go check it out. But those were Ed Orgeron, Jake Spavadol, and uh, Mark Whipple. And weirdly enough, I got more (laughs) comments about no to Spavadol rather than a guy who hasn't ever really coached an offense like Ed Orgeron. So, I don't know. people like Ed O? What can I say? So today, I'm giving you three more, and they're all Texas guys. So again, I'm going by the the Baylor standard here. The air quotes, Baylor standard, which are guys who have been head coaches before. And with that, we always hear it with Baylor, especially when they have a head coach who's not from Texas. To get Texas guys in there is always, always a big benefit, especially in recruiting. Okay? So we're going to do that. And the first name I'm going to bring up is a Texas high school football legend and yet comfortably second in that department behind someone else we're going to talk about later in the show. But this guy has has one of the highest level of Texas high school football. When I was growing up, the, the teams that you heard about year in, year out in Texas, well, two of the handful of teams, would be Lake Travis and Allen, and this guy coached at both of them. Not in that order. But how about this? Chad Morris spent two years at Lake Travis High School in Austin. Baker Mayfield's alma mater, by the way. He did this with Garrett Gilbert, who was an excellent, excellent high school quarterback. Didn't quite hit his stride at UT. Had a heck of a career at SMU, which we'll come back to later. He coached at Lake Travis, Chad Morris did, for two years. And all he did was go 32-0 and win two state championships and develop Garrett Gilbert into one of the top quarterback recruits in the country. Okay, so already it jumps off the page. The guy can win, and he's an offensive guy. But Cameron surely must have done something in college. Well, he did. He moved to college right after that. His first year was 2010 as the OC and quarterback coach at Tulsa. And you know that that great tradition that the Tulsa Golden Hurricane have that's why it must be easy to step in year one and have the number six total offense in the nation. Instant success. He comes in and, and takes them to this unbelievable heights. This is, this is pre-Phil Montgomery, by the way, who didn't have a great run as the head coach at Tulsa, but obviously one of the great offensive minds still in college football. So this is before Philip Montgomery got there, number six in total offense. So needless to say, he didn't last long at Tulsa. In fact, that was his only year. So he goes to coach at Clemson as the OC under Dabo Sweeney. And he has offenses there that rank number 23, once again at number six, and number eight in the nation. So three times in his first four years as an OC, he is in the top 10 in total offense in the entire country. All four of those years, he was top 25. Now, here's the head coaching part in the college level. And we know, you know and I know, it's not great. It is not great. Goes back to Texas, coaches at SMU, has a decent run at SMU. Not Nothing great, better than Gene Chiswick at Iowa State, but not quite as good as... Matt Campbell at Iowa State, for example. Like, not one that jumps off the page to become a head coach at a big school, but that's exactly what he does. He, after a couple of years at SMU, gets the job at Arkansas. And, well, I can say anything I want about Arkansas because all the Arkansas fans have turned this off by now, okay? They they can't hear Chad Morris's name and not vomit. But he went there, and he has just the the first 10-loss season in Arkansas football history, and the next year, ugh, he can't quite go back-to-back because they fire him when he's at 2-8, and eight. does not win a conference game, does not win an SEC game. I think he's the only coach in history to do that, to, to not win a conference game, and it even stops. It, Kevin Steele won a couple conference games. Chad Morris did not. So, all that put out there. Is he a good head coach? No. But as I said yesterday, you're not getting a good head coach unless by some miracle Ed Orgeron comes there and the de- former defensive line guy is coaching your offense, you're not getting a good head coach. They're not crawling to this Baylor situation. Chad Morris might. He might, because since then, so he, he gets fired at Arkansas. Since then, he becomes the coach at, at Allen for one year and then uh, becomes an analyst this past year with for his old buddy, Dabo Sweeney, and he's an offensive analyst at Clemson. So all that said, again, four times out of five years as an offensive coordinator at the Division I level, he has a top 25 offense in the nation. Three times he was top 10. He doesn't have the greatest uh, reverse coaching tree, if you will, of, of the guys I mentioned yesterday. Dabo Sweeney, though, is pretty good. That's a pretty good one to have. And in terms of the quarterbacks, it's Garrett Gilbert. It's Taj Boyd. Good college quarterback, by the way. Pretty good. And so, does it jump off the page? No. But he's a Texas guy, a Texas legend, by the way. Um, He hasn't coached outside of that one-year Allen, hasn't coached in Texas in about 15 years as as a high school guy. But he has recruited at a school very similar to you in SMU not all that long ago and had some success at SMU. Wasn't great, but it was good. It was solid. And one of the things that SMU really thrived at, especially at the quarterback position with him and after him, is getting transfer quarterbacks in. Bayward needs to hit the transfer portal, and one of the things they could really use in the transfer portal is a quarterback. So this guy knows the coaches in Texas. Okay, we saw how much of a benefit it was for Joey McGuire. This guy knows the coaches, he knows the programs in Texas, he knows how to recruit in this state. You can do a lot worse than Chad Morris. Not saying you should be doing cartwheels if you get them, but you can do a lot worse than Chad Morris. So does the Arkansas thing deter you too much? Doesn't to me. He's not coming in to be your head coach. I think he would be a great fit. Truly, I do. I think he'd be a great fit for Dave Aranda's OC at Baylor. And before we get into the next candidate, I got to talk to you about my favorite people. And you'll know it when I say passion, drive, and patience. Because what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. That's why Chad Morris didn't succeed as a head coach. He didn't use eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber. You're not burning cash. So with all the parts that you need at the prices you want, To turn your car into the Heisman Trophy winner and bring home that win. That's why you got to go to eBay Motors. Keep your ride or die alive. Eligible items apply, exclusions also apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to our customers in the US of A. Okay, one name crossed off Chad Morris go to my notes go to the next one i said this was going to be a texas football legend i've knocked out one of the high school ones how about a guy here now here's a guy that's my chris collinsworth there who has eight passing records still retired with a lot more eight passing records at the university of texas he's a guy who knows how to handle prima donnas he's a guy who is coached as a head coach in Division I within the state of Texas and was a lot more successful as a coordinator within the state of Texas. He's also a guy who was not the head coach but an offensive coordinator for a football program under the tutelage of Mac Rhodes at the University of Houston. I'm talking about not minor, no minors here, Major Applewhite. Major Applewhite. You remember how hot a name he was because of how hot a name Tom Herman was, which by the way, Tom Herman, don't rule him out. I don't think he'll leave, leave his, his post at FAU to come be the OC at a struggling Baylor team, but that's Mac's guy. And no doubt Mac has put in a call to at least kick the tires on that. But that's because Tom Herman was super successful at UH. UH. They, they took them to a uh, new year's six bowl. They won the American. I think he lost two games in two years there. Uh, That was back in 2015 when they won that. And his OC at the time was, I think it was for Derek King, was uh, Major Applewhite. You remember Applewhite at UT? Phil, or excuse me, Phil. Chris Sims was the quarterback. He was the number one recruit in the nation. Hot shot. Phil Sims' son comes in and look, he had all the hype in the world. But the guy who's winning the football games and putting out the fires was Major Applewhite, and that's why he's a legend. But I'm not here to talk about his quarterbacking. Not here to talk about that. Here to talk about his coaching. So let's go through it a little bit. Right now, he's the offensive coordinator at USA, University of South Alabama, which, as you might remember, put up 33 points on the road and had a comfortable victory, I think a 26-point victory, over a team that is playing in Arlington this Saturday for the Big 12 Championship, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Major Applewhite ripped them to shreds. Steve Sarkeesian might not even do that. Dylan Gabriel didn't do that. Jeff Levy didn't do that. Major Applewhite did. So he was hired by Tom Herman under Mac's regime there. Um, Not promoted by Mac, but... He was hired there because he had such a great pedigree already. So a couple years after UT, he becomes a GA there and a quarterback coach in the years 2003 and 2004. You might remember who the quarterback was for the Texas Longhorns then. A guy who went from about a 56% passer in 2002 to a national champion and... Heisman runner-up, and one of the all-time great college quarterbacks in 2005. Yes, Major Applewhite was big in creating the phenom that was Vince Young. Major Applewhite's behind that. He was the guy coaching him, relating to him, mentoring him in his first couple years at UT. And so that, that, that stands out to some people including an NFL head coach who then went to the University of Alabama, Nick Saban. And after his fir- his first staff, he brings in Major Applewhite as the associate, or excuse me, as the quarterback coach. And then after one year, he goes back to UT to become the associate head coach for Mack Brown in 2008. Offensive assistant, associate head coach, 2008. All Texas does is go 11-1 and and win the Fiesta Bowl with uh, another pretty good college quarterback there in Colt McCoy. He's got his fingerprints all over Colt McCoy and Vince Young's careers at Texas. And was hired by Nick Saban on his first staff at Alabama. Oh, this is good. And so then he goes and becomes the co-offensive coordinator with Brian Harson, which isn't a great thing to look back on now. But you'll remember Brian Harson was Chris Peterson's OC at Boise State before he was hired at UT. And then after that, after Charlie Strong comes in and cans the whole staff, becomes an analyst at Bama, first of the many of the coaching rehab at, at Alabama with Nick Saban, stays there for one year and then takes the job at UH, where, again, in 2015, they go 13-1 and and are ranked number eight in the final poll. This guy has his fingerprints all over some of the best quarterbacks in Texas football history. And... You think he's ready for a step up? Yeah. By the way, he's only 45 years old. Chad Morris is 55, in case you're keeping score on that. I apologize. Major is 45 years old. So what that tells me is he's got time to be a head coach again. Mark Whipple that we talked about yesterday, he doesn't. Ed Orgeron doesn't. Chad Morris, barely. Major Applewhite at 45, with all the experience he has, he is ready for a stepping stone. He did a good job at South Alabama. Now he needs to go to a major program again in a year or two, which is the only one I've mentioned who could possibly be there for more than one year, I think, is Major Applewhite. Stays there for two or three years, maybe. Let's play the best case scenario. Has some great offenses. Bang. He's a head coach somewhere again. That's what he's looking for. That's the kind of opportunity he's looking for. Surely, there is some interest on both sides, I would think for Major Applewhite. I mean, there has to be. He's a a guy who is young enough that he's not so desperate, but could actually use this as a great opportunity. And Dave Aranda's got to look at this resume and say, well, you're pretty qualified. Some of the best uh, years of an entire generation for Texas Longhorn fans. Some of the best years and some of the most iconic players, Major Applewhite is behind that. And he's another guy who knows Texas. I know he wasn't that successful as a head coach, but he was there with Tom Herman when they had the number eight team in the country. And they were bringing in guys like Derek King and Ed Oliver. He knows this state. Once again, I can't emphasize that enough with how, how bad the recruiting is right now for Baylor uh, in terms of out of high school and in the transfer portal that starts with getting guys who just know Texas, Texas, inside and out and major Applewhite is that and boy wouldn't it be great to get one of Texas's all-time best quarterbacks and have him lead some great teams at Baylor that would be awesome maybe I'm just in fairyland there but like all yesterday I thought Spavadol was the easiest pick of those three that I gave yesterday I think major's the pick out of the three I'm doing today Again. Young, has run good offenses everywhere he's gone, Head coaching experience, administrative experience, knows this state at the high school level and at the college level and knows the Big 12. It's easy for me. It's easy. But the next one might surprise you. But first I got to talk about America's number one daily fantasy sports platform. Of course, that's prize picks. It's my favorite one to talk about. I'm going to tell you guys how about, about how I won some money. Okay. But first I need you to know that it comes with combo projections. So now the basketball season is here. You can do a combo projection across both sports. So that's football and basketball. The only two that matter, I guess. And you can do things like, uh, the example that's here is LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10 and a half combo and three pointers made. Okay. I used it last week. I think it was last week. Oh no. Yeah, it was over Thanksgiving. It was over Thanksgiving. Where I did a Dak Prescott plus Jason Tatum. Okay, ten and a half was that exact number for touchdown passes and three pointers made. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. It was great. And I didn't check this out, but I'm going to in the future because you can check out the picks made by Meek Mill, which... He's not that bad at this, by the way. He's not that bad at this. You can find it in the Community Plays under the Promos tab to view his picks each week. And the best part about it, I always say, but until someone else comes out with something better, this will be the best part about Daily Fantasy Sports. And it's the only one that, Price Picks is the only one that does it. It offers a reboot policy that, so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. So for those games, if you have a player goes out in the first half, doesn't come back in the second, that player is rebooted. Price picks is the only one to have that injury insurance reboot policy. Okay. So, what you need to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm going to say it again, just in case you didn't get it prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the promo code locked on college for first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is going to be a doozy, y'all. The third and final OC candidate for today's episode. Let me start by saying this. In no way is this a way to to advocate for this guy to become the next offensive coordinator at Baylor. But we're talking about Texas guys who used to be head coaches, who run innovative offenses, who know how to recruit, There is nobody, nobody in the country that fits those criteria better than Arthur Ray Bryles. Let that sink in for a minute. I thought about Art this week, because you'll see Bobby Petrino is back as the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. A guy who, who put a big scandal at that school, and at that program, is now not only back in major head college coaching, but is coaching at that university. And they're doing cartwheels, man. They're throwing parades. They love having him back. The Art Bryle situation at Baylor is not the same as the Bobby Petrino one at Arkansas. I don't want to compare controversies, but yes, arts is worse. But that said, not only do we have the Bobby Petrino example, which is live and in front of us, but TCU hired a new offensive coordinator last year. Kendall Bryles. Mississippi State. They just hired a head coach. A fellow by the name of Jeff Lebby. Art does not have clean hands in this scandal, no matter what you think about it. That said... The things that Kendall and Jeff Lebby were doing were the actual boots on the ground sweeping it under the rug. What they did was way worse, way worse. And I think to some extent, Art had to fall on the sword for his family, his son and his son-in-law. And yet those guys can get high-profile jobs. One of them is the head coach in the SEC. After, you know, really paying his dues as the O.C. at Oklahoma and then the O.C. at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. God, what a tough life. So I've always been surprised that Art didn't get a job. I wouldn't give him a job, sure, and I don't think he should necessarily. But this is college football, college athletics in general. There's a statute of limitations on reputations in college athletics. That's just the way it is, guys. Bobby Petrino has a good job. Jeff Lebby has a head coaching job. Rick Pitino has a hell of a coaching job. It heals all wounds. For some reason, for good, bad, or otherwise, it heals all wounds. And so you're thinking, well, Cam, even if this ridiculous situation plays out and Baylor offers Art Briles the OC job, why would he even say yes? You know why? You know why he would say yes? Because it's the ultimate middle finger. The ultimate middle finger to Baylor would be for him to come back and to succeed. And just his presence, just him being there is the ultimate middle finger to the people that knocked him out the door, the Board of Regents. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but in his mind, yeah, that is, that is so much better than being the head coach at TCU and pummeling Baylor into submission. This, this is better in terms of a get-back FU. It's, it's the perfect FU situation. And what it would show from a Baylor Athletics standpoint, again, for better or for worse, I would think for worse is that we are going to win football games at all costs. Baylor is a program that should be winning football games at most costs. At a lot of costs. But bringing in Art Bryles would be an at-all-costs kind of winning situation. So, is this even a reasonable possibility? No. (laughs) No. 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 I don't think Baylor should do it. But it keeps coming back into my mind seeing Bobby Petrino posting about being back at Arkansas. He's going to get a job at some point. I think this is this is the winter of now or never for our Bryles because it's going to be so easy for a program to, because you remember, I mean, he's got hired a couple of times and fired within a day or two because there's been so much backlash. This is the year that a program can point to, yeah, but did you look what happened most recently? It went to a court of law a few months ago and he was found not guilty. That's not even nearly the context, obviously. <laughs> that's pretty inconsequential, actually, that that one case um, with an eye towards his his whole reputation. It's pretty inconsequential. But that's what the program will say. And I think Art Briles will be a, a college football coach next year. Not a head coach. But he is, again, still one of the most innovative offensive minds Ever really. Um, and he's always been able to adapt. I don't think Kendall's adapted really well. I think Jeff Levy has, to be fair. I think he's adapted pretty well with that offense. Um, Kendall's has run dry. Art's adapted over the years. And I don't need to go over, you know, the guys he's coached or the guys he's coached alongside. You know that. You know his resume. You know, I talk about some of these other guys and who they coached under. That's not the case with art. It's about who coached under him. He is the guy. He is the top of the coaching tree. And took Baylor to unforeseen heights. The likes of which we are still comparing every team to as fans. He is the sole reason why Baylor is still a good football job. Because he showed that you can come in here and you can win. He's the best football coach ever to coach at Baylor. It'd take nothing away from that. But what he did to drag this university through the mud, in my mind, is unacceptable. And by that, it means you don't just hire him back. But I'll tell you, if that day comes, it will be the most positive feedback I've ever gotten on this show. Bar none. This might be right here when I'm talking about him right now. So let me know what you think. Is there any world where hell freezes over and Baylor even offers Bryles the job. Make a lot of people pissed off, make a lot of people happy. Let me know what you think. Who's going to be Baylor's next OC? I still don't know. I think tomorrow we're going to do a little bit more OC, but also looking at quarterback. Because as I mentioned earlier, there is a position that Baylor has to look at. Thank you again for making this your first listen today and every day. And I so appreciate you guys following along. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Like, subscribe, put a comment down in there. It helps all the time. We'll be back tomorrow with more football talk on how Dave Aranda is going to save this program if it's the last thing he does in college coaching, because it might be, at least for some time. This is Locked on Baylor.